I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together, we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of West Coast Mix and Bounce. I'm Leslie Torres, and I'm with, oh, this side. Bronna Marks. <laughs> Bronna, that's right. Um, and so today we have a good episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about the Lakers. We're going to talk about the Clippers, how they did not make it into the playoffs this season. So it was kind of like a little flop for them. But we are going to talk about the ones, the teams that did make playoffs, which were the Warriors and the Suns. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the WNBA since their draft just happened and their season is starting up. So we're just going to get into all that good stuff for you guys. But before we get to the good stuff, let's talk about the bad stuff, which are the Lakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Lakers is probably the worst of this <laughs> this whole update. <laughs> Girl, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Like, So I feel like, I mean, I could believe it, but I just feel like too much went wrong for them. Right? Yeah. It was painful, honestly, like uh, near the end, because, you know, we had the play in tournament that's sticking around for the league. So everybody's kind of getting this second chance hopefuls going. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, for a while, the Lakers were really like on the bubble, just waiting, trying to see if they could win a few games. And then LeBron went down and he had an injury. And then AD was back in for like half a second. And then he went back out. And then, you know, the rest of their roster just doesn't. I just don't think they were powerful enough or cohesive enough to even win a few more games just to get into the plan. Um, so I was really like screaming at the end, like, just end it all. Just lose all the don't games. Don't give us no hope, right? Give us no hope at all. <laughs> it was just, it was just painful. It was just, it was, it was just painful. It was. I feel like a lot of things went wrong that should have probably not gone wrong, but they did already. And it's just like, well, that's what they were stuck with. And they really didn't yeah. do anything to get themselves out of that like position. And I feel like... Well, recently, we've just found out that Frank Vogel did get fired. So that's like the first step of change for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. What do you think about it? I feel like, I mean, I saw it coming. I feel like it's been a rumor for like the past six months yeah. or since the Lakers have been sucking. So it's, I, I would I would not expect Frank to have kept his job after <laughs> this. But do you think it's really all for him to be like blamed or somebody else needs to catch um, I feel like a few episodes I may have referenced the fact that, you know, they were going to need a scapegoat at some point. Um, mm -hmm. Frank Vogel, like good for him. He was able to win that championship back in 2020 during the, the bubble um, when the pandemic was basically at its height. And mm -hmm. I feel like there wasn't much outside noise to distract him. Um, or the team per se. And obviously they didn't have like this super team all-star roster with all these other expectations going on in the background. Um, so I feel like that was a different circumstance. And I knew when, when things actually got real and they got back, you know, back into the real world with fans, with all the media, mm -hmm. with all everything that they may crack under pressure. And they did, even though... Yeah, even though Vogel finished with one of the best records within the last, you know, several seasons of different coaches, he finished above mm. 500, but this Lakers team finished barely above 400. They finished 33 yeah. and 49 and number 11 um, in the Western Conference. So it was just a horrible. And then, you know, I always come with a crazy stat. So I read this stat that said, <laughs> They, the Lakers were the only team this season to not have a single five-man lineup play more than 100 minutes together. So wow. basically, Yes. So basically... I mean, it makes sense, but... Yeah. Wow. They never found that foundation. I mean, how how are you going to find some some balance when you cannot 
you don't have a five man starting lineup that's like the same a majority of the time. And in a way, that can also be Vogel's fault. Like, okay, we already know you're not with LeBron and AD and Kendrick Nunn for the whole season. Right. Where's a lineup that you know for sure is gonna like stick it out and make a make a difference or actually win or mm-hmm. yeah? I mean, I guess that could be kind of be his fault. I was like, I was. Th- I was thinking the same thing, like, they're scapegoating him. But I think he did fail in some kind of ways just to make the players themselves shine with the appropriate lineups. But given the fact that you just said that crazy stat, like, that kind of makes sense then why he couldn't come up with lineups. It's like, first of all, they were all injury-prone, I think, for a while, too. So, yeah, yeah, all the injuries. And then when they were actually doing well, the COVID hit and, like, they were out for, like, multiple times each and every other week i think it lasted until like christmas so uh, it was a lot that came up on them vogel might not be the main reason but it's one of the reasons in that he's out that he's out yeah yeah i mean it's it's sad to see you know every time this happens with the team like they go on a big like just downgrade um, especially coming off of a high of a, a championship, yeah. they blame the coach. And it's just like, he's capable of winning a championship, but just maybe not with the team pieces he had. And um, exactly. I, I really do think uh, I've seen like a lot of people saying that the Lakers need a more powerful voice as a coach, like a more aggressive, a more forward coach. Um, and I think that's true when you have such big headed players, like not to say it negatively, but you know, these guys know that they're good, you know? So when they don't have a coach that's, you know, trying to humble them, so to speak. And again, not in a negative way, but you know, just creating some balance, creating some leadership. And obviously LeBron's a big leader, but LeBron can't play coach forward point guard, (laughs) defensive player. Like he can't do, you know what I'm saying? That's not what he's there for. And on the teams that he has won championships with, we have seen a more aggressive coaching style. I I agree. I agree. So I feel like it was maybe not the all the the reason that they're just going to do better next season, like just by a different coach. It's just like, it's one of the many little things that they have to kind of fix this off season. Do you think they're going to trade Russ? I don't because know. That's like technically one of the things they need to fix, like what's going on with Russ. With, right? with Russ, right. And and after the season ended, you know, he came out and said that he wasn't sure what Vogel's problem was with him, which mm-hmm. is like very vague in, in a way, like you could take it any way that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't think it was just a Vogel problem. I think it was a franchise problem. I don't think the fans liked him. Uh, LeBron came out and said, you know, he he hopes to continue playing with him. But obviously, like, if they can't work well together, I, it, looking at it, I haven't read yeah. the numbers for Westbrook, but I feel like this is, like, one of the worst seasons. He's It just, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. So if they give him up, Okay, if they keep him, then they got to figure out a better way to to continue with the chemistry. I think some of the rumors going around is that they want LaMelo to come to L.A. So I think if LaMelo comes, then Westbrook going to have to go because LaMelo is going to want probably mm-hmm. just as much money or close to what these starters are, are getting. Um, and then obviously sure. LeBron is giving his take on who should be hired as a coach. Uh, he, he threw out the names Mark Jackson, who was mm-hmm. with the Warriors for a few seasons. And then he also threw out Juan Howard, who punched a coach. Well, sorry, he didn't punch a coach, but he slapped the coach. <laughs> I thought I thought it was fine, but, you know. I, but I feel like that's the kind of, like, emotions they need on the Lakers. Like, yeah, that's- my coach is going to slap you. you they need, like, some of that old school coaching. That's what they yeah. need. Yeah. To yeah. get them, like, you know, but that's the thing, too, right? Like, so there was a time where they they weren't making free throws or they weren't even rebounding the ball. So, like, mm-hmm. if, I, if I was a coach, I'd have been like, all right, suicide. Y'all not rebounding? Okay, well, early practice tomorrow. Like, oh, you know, shucks. get on their ass. And it's like, yeah, exactly. And that's not kind of the vibe, obviously, you get from, like, an L.A. star-studded team. You don't yeah. want to force your superstars into doing, like, suicides or, like, rebounding exercises or whatever it may be. So I feel like definitely a a stronger coach and if they do decide to keep Westbrook first of all I feel like it's going to be tough to kind of trade him just because he does have so like there's so much money yeah um his contract is like what 40 he's getting more than LeBron so like 44 mil yeah a year it's high that's a lot yeah that's a lot so I don't know who's gonna want to take that contract up but if there is a possibility there 
I feel like they're gonna have to trade him or work with what they have. I feel like most of their roster anyways is kind of like one and done so they can kind of regroup. Basically. It's just that this experiment this season just didn't go as planned. <laughs> That's a good word, experiment. It didn't go. It was a it big time experiment. And once you put it like under a microscope, it was just, it was like disease. <laughs> Dude, so. that, it was crazy. I mean, at first I was excited, you know, you're going to have Carmelo, LeBron, and like all these other players. And like, yes, yeah, it felt like it felt good. And they just did not did not Just convert except for Malik Monk. I feel like Malik Monk is probably the one highlight for the yeah. Lakers and, and they somebody had a few they should breakout stars. Yeah, I mean, but that I feel like that goes back to Vogel though because like you got to work with what you have. You had like Austin Reeves too, Malik. Exactly. You had Dwight Howard at some point. You had DeAndre Jordan. Jordan didn't play that well, but that's okay. But like you had other kind of assets that you could have played exactly exactly and yeah. that just didn't happen so i feel like eh. let's yeah. see what happens next let's see what happens next they're gonna have to regroup and think about it and another team that is actually gonna have to regroup and think about <laughs> the upcoming season as well are the clippers Ooh. surprising or not surprising <laughs> not surprising at all i honestly i would have gave them more credit to actually get into the play-in but they went 0-2 in the play-in um oh. and they had paul george for only one of those games because the other games boom he got covid pandemic he back so at it again crazy <laughs> it's so crazy to me that the clippers cannot find a way to play Kawhi and Paul George at the same time. Now it's not either just one, just both. And it's like yes. impossible. It and it's like been it's like impossible. almost three years. What's crazy is that they've been on this team for so long is like you barely even seen them play. All they barely have a stat line. Exactly. All that comes back to me is like Steve Ballmer being so excited about like introducing Paul George and Kawhi and like all the hype. And it's just like, but when yeah. is it going to come? When are we exactly. actually going to see them play together? Granted, they played some, but not three seasons worth. No. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, the season, I well, do you characterize the season like as a good season then or a bad season for the Clippers? Mm, I would say moderate. I wouldn't say either good nor bad because, honestly, they could have finished outside of the plan, uh, if we're being mm -hmm. honest. And they could have finished inside of the plan, but they finished basically, like, on that edge. You know, like, mm -hmm. they did play in the plan, but they didn't win any any games. And, again, the only player that – the only star player that they have, Paul George, only played one of those games. Um, and he, you know, was coming off of injury himself. So it, it was just kind of like, well, it was throw him in there. He scored 34 points against Minnesota – he went two of 10 in the first half. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they didn't play much defense. I feel like when you incorporate a star player back mm -hmm. into the lineup, it's hard to find that flow, especially in like big crunch time games. Like these are do or die situations, a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. And between Minnesota with Pat Bev playing against his old team, mm -hmm. Um, and being a menace to society as per <laughs> usual. And then obviously a um, uh, loss against the Pelicans. Very, very close loss. Very, very back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was a home game. It was at Crypto. Me and my some of my coworkers have, have brought into a conversation the Crypto Curse. Because it seems oh. like anytime the Lakers or the Clippers play and it's like either a late game, like they go back and forth and it's always like a last minute decision on who's going to win. For some mm -hmm. odd reason. So this and this is the first mm -hmm. time the Clippers uh missed a playoff since the 17-18 season. So it's definitely been they've been cons mostly yeah. consistent for a few seasons, but I mean, I think they just need to regroup again. I mean, to me, I wouldn't characterize this so much like as a bad thing for them. I feel like it's a good season for them, regardless that they didn't make the play-in or the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But just because, again, to always highlight their like players that really don't get no recognition, especially yeah. like on national like news and stuff like that. Like, there there are those players like um, Reggie Jackson, yeah, you know, Zoo. They did so much without Kawhi and Paul George, and I feel like they deserve a lot of credit. Ty Lu from a coaching standpoint, like here you are thinking you're gonna get two superstars and, and you're like mm, basically none. Barely. So, but somehow made it into like play in contention at least, you know. That it's just I feel like those are the positives for the Clippers, but it's so sad. Like no matter how hard they try, 
they yeah. cannot get to seem to play with their superstars and like so then what does this mean for like free agency and this time off are they gonna still stick to Kawhi and paul george like that's gonna I be a so. whole other season that's crazy to me i yeah. would I mean, it's been three seasons already. Like, you can trade one, keep... <laughs> yeah, I think the franchise the franchise overall has definitely been really patient. And I feel like... Too patient team... for my liking. I don't know how Clippers <laughs> fans do it. Leslie's like, oh, get it together already. One Look, one season without Kendrick Nunn, I was like, what is he doing here? Like, literally, I was like, when is Kendrick Nunn clocking in? And, I'm, and as a Lakers fan, I'm like, come on one season and then here they are with like three seasons of Kawhi and paul george and it's like nothing yeah when i look I at can't. the clippers, you, you clippers though, fans got it <laughs> no clippers fans are definitely like they're on a whole nother level of patient because but i think it's somewhat similar like when you look at the warriors the warriors didn't have clay for about three years and they still what they did was they developed the players that they already had and didn't really focus much on you know outside sources which is basically what the clippers are doing like you said they're developing their mm. their younger players you know these breakout store stars like reggie jackson like um who else did we talk about um like market uh more senior and you know these players luke kennard didn't actually play in the play-in but we know him as a big three-point shooter yeah, exactly. so mm -hmm. you know they are, are establishing these names that they've already had on the team for a few years and i think that's our that's just going to add more to their balance when their stars come back because when we talk about the warriors you're going to see what a difference it makes when you already have that foundation of, of bench players i was gonna say the only reason i think the warriors get like the pass is just because they've actually won championships recently also true. like the clippers have only made the playoffs and that's like as much as their accomplishments go and for like i mean so like you you can be patient but there's just like be patient just to be in the playoffs like at yeah. least we're gonna be patient and we're gonna have like curry um clay and green like all back which they've already all won championships together so i maybe that's the probably the only reason but i do see like why how that could be a goal like let's kind of do what the warriors did with clay and like let's wait let's be patient but right i can't be that patient <laughs> oh who do you have like thinking next season do you pick the lakers over the clippers or the clippers over the lakers as far as development and and further Ooh. standings into the postseason I'm going to go with the Lakers, not just because I'm being biased, but I feel like they have kind of the, they can actually regroup a little bit better to be better this upcoming season. I feel like they have the options, whether right. they trade Russ or not, I think that's going to be like a huge issue. But with the Clippers, it's just like, no matter what they do, there's like, there's, I feel like there's a curse on them. There's like some bad luck around them or something, because I feel like they can do everything right. And then for some reason, like they won't make it yeah <laughs> just like you know like this is the last two seasons i think we've been saying like the clippers got this they have a good roster they have a good coach they have the momentum then something happens mm -hmm. we re we revisit those storylines over and over again and it's just like well at this point like who's betting on the clippers because right. it's not me <laughs> it's not i definitely so i'm not. gonna go with the lakers even though yeah i yeah i'm gonna go with the lakers i trust them to be a little bit more cautious of their choices now i feel like they did what they kind of thought they could do and because mm -hmm. they won a championship in 2020 they kind of got away with it and now it's just like okay you guys sucked y'all <laughs> this y'all that, that was bad now Stop. it's really focused Stop. exactly bad <laughs> yeah. now y'all guys can focus on what's ahead because that that championship 2020 is like that's already two three years ago all right move on gotta exactly move on. so that, i'm gonna yeah. give it to the lakers how about you what do you think uh, I mean, I would say the Lakers by like a hair, like maybe like a skimmy. <laughs> the thinnest of hair. <laughs> if Kawhi actually comes back and plays and is a hundred percent, we know that how Kawhi, how dangerous he could be. Now, Paul mm -hmm. George, I mean, it seems like he really cannot go a season without an injury, uh, which is upsetting. So if it was so a miracle that they actually played together for a whole season, more than like 12 That's games, then mm -hmm. the Clippers could definitely get to championship level. I, 
I feel like they have so much potential. Again, it's just the injuries, the injuries, the injuries, the injuries. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think the Lakers do have more of a chance to regroup. Hopefully they invest in a more aggressive coach. Like I said, I'm still very upset at them that they didn't get Ty Lue. I thought that would have been a great fit. Mm -hmm. But um, as long as they get more of an aggressive coach, I think they should definitely take in LeBron's considerations, considering he's the star of the team. He's getting older. He wants to win a championship. Um, And then there's also on the table that he may leave and go play with his son, Bronny, somewhere else. So who knows? Um, But yeah, I say the Lakers over the Clippers just by like this much, like this much. (laughs) I mean, it's because it's, it just, it makes common sense. Like it makes sense. It makes sense. But now we got those two ugly seasons, ugly teams out of the way. Let's talk mm. about the teams on the West Coast that actually did make the playoffs, Ooh, which I'm kind of so excited about. Did Have you watched any of the playoff games? Um, What was I watching yesterday or the day before? I watched the Minnesota Grizzlies game. Um, okay. So that was because, you know, obviously Jaw fan. Uh, but I have not been able to catch – I didn't catch game ones of Phoenix and the Warriors, but obviously we have so many more games to go, so I'm definitely going to tip in. But I definitely some highlights already coming out of these playoffs. Yes. I didn't watch either. I mean, I think I watched a little bit of each game, and it's just like, ah, I just got bored and changed the channel just because yeah. I'm a Lakers fan. But It's you know. game one. You know, it's just kind of like – let's wait let's let it get good (laughs) exactly like this is just literally the tip of the iceberg there's so much postseason goes for i never really looked at how far like playoffs is like six weeks like finals not till june so yeah yeah. we have a ways to go (laughs) girl i know and no surprise though the warriors are in it the suns are in it and Mm -hmm. do you want to start off with the warriors nuggets uh series first Sure, why not? All right, so I think, um, so yeah, it's they're they're playing against each other. Game one already happened, they beat the Nuggets, the Warriors beat the Nuggets 123 to 107. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you call it a blowout? I mean, it's not more than 20, it's a little baby blowout, semi blowout, right? I was kind yeah. of like impressed, I was impressed. I didn't think they were gonna do that great against Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, so I was For like, sure. okay. For sure, super impressed with Jordan Poole. Like how we were just talking about how the Warriors definitely developed their younger, their younger athletes, their younger team. So he went off for 30 points and like definitely gave the Warriors the momentum for the win. And I feel like, I don't know about you, are you like super confident then about the Warriors? Or do you think like Um, I think out of potential wise like growth in the pros in the postseason i would pick Mm -hmm. the warriors over the suns because the warriors are still rehabbing some players back in obviously curry did not start this game he was coming back Mm -hmm. from an injury and he's been out a month already like time goes by so fast i didn't even notice he was gone that long um but for like you said how pool stepped up scored 30 points that was the most and this was a playoff debut. This was his first game in the playoffs. And that was the most in a debut since, like, Wilt and somebody else I was reading. Wow. So, you know, I mean, he's already setting the bar high. Draymond is back. He contributed 12 points, nine assists, six rebounds, and three blocks. So he is, like, all in right now. Um, him and Kevin Looney were able to shut down uh, the Joker. Like you mentioned, he didn't really play as hard as we probably would have expected him to. He's like a walking triple-double. He only had Mm -hmm. 25 points and 10 rebounds only, quote-unquote. But, you know, that's still a lower scoring stat line for Jokic. Um, I think game one has definitely kind of given some light to how crazy the Warriors can be between Clay, uh, Curry, and and Poole. I definitely think Poole is earned the Splash Brother label. Like, he's Splash <laughs> Brother number three. Just put it on a t-shirt. Um, he's junior. Yes. He's a junior. Splash Brother junior. I love that. Whatever it may be. First, I definitely agree. I was like, okay, I thought Curry was not going to start. What? How did this happen? And then so yeah. then I went back to look at the game but I was thoroughly impressed I feel like if they did this without like Curry starting and without like the big three actually going like off in a sense I feel like they're 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 looking a little bit scary and then also the fact that Jokic had 25 and 10 right it's still like a big deal but it's like Mm -hmm. only 25 and 10 so definitely the Nuggets are gonna have to find 
other contributors if they want to make it like even a good series at this point i feel because i was just super impressed with the warriors i did not think they were gonna come out like this hot but Sorry. again draymond like you said green he's on it he is on it he wants that he wants to win he wants another championship so i feel like the warriors just gotta keep doing what they're doing because it's working i also just feel like it's a home game it's the first, mm -hmm. it's game one, it's a home game. If they can go out and get a win in Denver, yeah, it's looking very legit. Very yeah. legit for the Warriors. But That's going to test them definitely the away games, but I think mm -hmm. since they are already heavily focused on defense, that gives them a little more longevity through a, a seven-game series. Um, just at this point, though, for them – like I said, to come out so hot, unexpected against a really, really, really good Denver team. Jeez, mm -hmm. uh, like, I mean, I really don't know. This This series could go to seven. What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, mm, I'm trying to look at the schedule, and I think it's – actually, I'm going to say five. Okay. Five, wait, four, one? Yeah. Two, six. I'll give it five, five or six. I don't All think right. I don't think it's a sweep. I, it, I'd no. be shocked if it, they get swept. No. Or if, I don't think so. But for sure, five or six. I don't know. I don't. I feel like once you lose that game one, like your confidence is either you step up and play really really well, or you mm -hmm. don't. And for me, it's just the Nuggets. Like who's gonna step up? Right. Yeah. And That's I think what's ironic is that the Nuggets actually led the regular season series three one, but this was out was without Draymond Green um and I'm not sure if Clay had been back in for those games either but I know for sure without Draymond Green and obviously he's very very big on defense and mm -hmm. when you're playing against a possible uh two-time MVP in Nikola Jokic you need some kind of defensive intelligence and Draymond definitely brings that for yeah. for Golden State and then I think that's the thing like who's gonna help him I mean somebody has to step up for the nuggets and if it doesn't happen then it's like the warriors are just gonna take it because yeah they're gonna Trample. be like oh it's easy we only gotta worry about nicola done exactly <laughs> done. and, and clay like i i honestly clay's obviously never going to be the same from those injuries but i feel like where he's at right now is solid for a playoff yeah it's run. not that bad it's not that bad yeah. he literally just came back what two months ago yeah barely less I think less than two months. I was like, okay, it's going to take time to find rhythm. I think we've mentioned this before. It's going to take time for him to find his rhythm again. And like, what better place to do it in the playoffs? Right. <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> find your rhythm, sir. Right. <laughs> but it's okay. He's, I feel like it's okay because they have like Curry and now Jordan Poole and Draymond Green's defense. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's okay for him not to go off for 30, 40, or how, how many much more points they need. Right. But um, that's the Warriors for us. How about the Suns and the Pelican series? What are we thinking? Ooh, first off, CP3, CP3, CP3. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. He, he's what the Lakers thought they were getting in all these events. Okay. <laughs> right they, they definitely missed out he was the oldest player to record 30 points 10 assists in a playoff game it was formerly steve nash and i, be I believe chris paul is 37 right now uh so for him he's to about just, to be 37 uh-huh yeah like you know this is what you expect from like a lebron james in the playoffs and instead of this is like i think they came out of the same draft class too or or close but anyways mm -hmm. uh, chris paul is he was injured, you know, he sat out uh, for a little bit around the all-star break. You know, people were contemplating like, oh, maybe he's just resting. He don't really have like a hand in injury, blah, blah, blah. Either way, he's 100%. And he, mm -hmm. he came out and dominated the fourth quarter against Crazy. the Pelicans. I mean, it, they was basically just playing five on one. Um, at this point, <laughs> they held the Pelicans to 22% uh, field goal range in the first half. And then Chris Paul basically led a uh, comeback or, um, you know, led the Suns to outscore them 110-99 in the final. But what do you, like, when you saw or when you read about his his performance, like, how does that make you feel? 
I was like, ah, oh, that's literally that's literally what I thought. I'm like, this is what the Lakers thought they were getting with like all the older players, whichever reason Carmelo. I feel like that's what they wanted, like that vet kind of um, presence, you know that. But it didn't turn out well. When I saw that, I'm like, good for Chris Paul. I feel like he's not struggled, but there's has been like a lot of marks in his career, yeah. with starting with the whole like Hornets to Lakers trade, and then like his time with mm-hmm. the Clippers, and then kind of. Volky being like on the outs of his career and then somehow coming all the way back to be with Phoenix and now having like this crazy ass night in game one of the playoffs like that to me is like such a full circle moment for him in his career he deserves it put put some respect on his name because that was crazy and also I don't know if you mentioned this stat, but Paul scored or assisted on 23 of the Suns' 31 points in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah. what? So, he was basically the key to the win. Like, that's literally Insane. what it tells me. Like, if he would have not played, they would have not won. And that's, like, so much, so much respect for Chris Paul. And I think Monty Williams said it best. He said, it's just his ability to understand that he needs to take over a game. And I'm like, right. yes. That's basically what you want or you ask for from, like, these veteran players. Like, just because they've been there before, they know when they have to take over. Not a lot of players know when to take over. So, for example, even in the last series with um, the Nuggets and the Warriors, Nikola did not take over. Jokic did not take over. He did not will his team to a win. He just let it kind of, it is what it is. Not Chris Paul. Not Chris Paul. So, I feel like that's kind of the difference in, like, what makes a great a great player, a great teammate, what makes a team reach the playoffs or I mean reach the finals at this point. So Yeah. So much respect for Chris Paul because he did that. <laughs> you know, really you did. know in our last episode I spoke so confidently about the Suns winning a championship over mm-hmm. everybody. And I'm sticking to that so far. <laughs> you know, I obviously yeah. like your, uh, your, you know, our conversation, you were talking about how they have lost to some very um, aggressive teams in the regular season. And it's kind of like, uh, but I think 100% healthy, they could take down anybody. Honestly, I could think they could sweep the Pelicans if they really try. Um, well, you for know, sure. CP3 and Aiden have that screen relationship. Um, like yes, you said, that... Yes, that amazing stat when he basically did most of the scoring and most of the assisting out of the entire team in the fourth quarter. And he Mm -hmm. also scored 17 points in a five-minute span. Like, my guy. And he he had three back-to-back threes. Um, He was talking about how the Pelicans, I can't believe, I can't remember if it's a head coach or assistant coach, but he had been under that this uh, the same coach um, on a prior team and they have a relationship. So he kind of knows how he plays, but he ended mm-hmm. up switching some of the Pelicans uh, and the, the CP3 just took advantage of them falling underneath the screen and just just posting them up at the three-point line, all right? So you ain't going to step up? Well, I'm going to shoot it, boom. And that's basically just how the fourth quarter went. But another thing that I also want to mention about the Suns is that they have one, two, three players who are awards finalists for the NBA. So they have – That's a very good point. (laughs) They have – can't, and I think that's – looking at this graphic, I believe that's the most of any team right now. So – Cam Cam Johnson is up for sixth man of the year. Makai mm-hmm. Bridges is up for defensive player of the year, who also helped uh, shut down CJ McCollum in these in this uh, series, the, at least a game one versus the Pelicans. And then they sure. also have Monty Williams up for coach of the year. So star studded team right there. Like, what can star I say? Studded. Like, my I mean, gosh. And, and to your point about Bridges. He deserves a lot of credit for whatever Chris Paul was able to do in that fourth because another stat too, the Pelicans finished two of 16 with Bridges as a primary defender. Yep. So talk about being a potential defensive player of the year, but you really put that on the, like you really go and show that like on the biggest stage, which is like game one of the playoffs. Like that's crazy. Like, you put your money, no, you put your mouth where your, no. Yes, that, you had it right the first time. <laughs> your money where your mouth is. You know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to blame it as like, you know, being like um, a second. English is not my first language. Obviously, it's Spanish. So some of these sayings don't make sense to me. <laughs> they Girl, don't make sense fine. to me. And I just learn it, how it goes. So, Even in English, sometimes I'm just like, 
who came up with that and why? <laughs> some of them don't make sense, you know, and it's just me trying to like connect with the English language, whatever. So I'm not even going to say no more because I lost my point, but that's just... <laughs> Anyways, Bridges oh, uh... is a good defensive player. That's all we got to know. Yes. And it's no wonder he was, he's like a finalist for defensive player of the year. Period. Yeah. yeah. Do, <laughs> so thinking about that, thinking about those... So two players and obviously the coach, do you think any of them will win or will come out a winner in those categories? <sighs> okay, so let's the voting mm-hmm. takes place this Saturday. You know, that's a good question. Or has the voting already been taking place? So I feel like if the voting has not taken place yet, and so then the, each player or each like coach has a time to further shine with that category so you cannot tell me like you have for defensive player of the year for example you have rudy gobert who's another person another player and then you have marcus smart so they're all three teams are in the playoffs i feel like depending on who does the most defensively that's kind of gonna lead the voters lean a little bit more towards each player so in my case, I feel like Bridges has been the only one that's really showed up defensively. Actually, smart too. I haven't really watched a lot of East Coast basketball, but I saw the Celtics beat the Nets, and that one was kind of... Oh my gosh, they had the highlights so. on rerun on SportsCenter <laughs> this morning. Like, oh man, yeah. So that that's an intense uh, matchup in itself. But yeah, I think the results come like a little before finals, somewhere okay. in that gap. Unless, sometimes they change it because of the expectations when finals happen. So as long as it hasn't changed, it's somewhere sometime before finals start. So I feel like it's just going to depend on that time first to see which player is going to really shine and make a difference and really stand to that role. Who's really going to play like an MVP? Who's really going to play like that sixth man? And I feel like that's how the votes are going to go. I just, that's what I think. Unless you have, do you have like an un, a for sure like yes? I would say I mean just win. off of chances, three people in the Suns organization, at least one of them should oh for sure should pull off <laughs> like to. yeah has to bring home some kind of trophy. Um, <laughs> I think I I want to agree with you and say Bridges for Defensive Player of the Year because what? But Rudy somehow always takes it. So yeah, but this would also be like his. Third or fourth time? Third time? Okay. Uh, So that doesn't often happen when it's like three times in a row. So they may actually Mm -hmm. like kind of just be like, you did enough. Let's let's pick somebody else. Um, Obviously, I think Smart hasn't really been in this conversation much. I think between Smart and Bridges, this is like their first big runoff as far as Mm -hmm. you know like stepping up and being recognized for the their defense but when you talk about the suns they have the best record in the nba and what's the best record without defense you know what i'm saying and i don't i don't think you can acknowledge them without acknowledging their best defensive player which is obviously bridges so if anybody um, I would say Bridges. Now, if they make it all the way to the conference finals, I would say give it to Monty Williams because, mm-hmm. again, what's a team without a coach? <laughs> and he's been an amazing, 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 amazing coach. I mean, incredible, honestly. I feel like, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. I feel like I just have to wait to play it out. But if people have to vote right now, I don't know. Like, at least for Defensive Player of the Year, no offense because I'm not tall. But if you're tall, you have some kind of Advantage. already extra extra length exactly to defend the rim. So I feel like either this give it to the smaller guys because they actually have to do a little bit more work to do what's easier for the taller people. That's but that's so just true. me as a short person, you know, as a regular average size person. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I Defense agree. looks hard. Defense looks hard. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And and just like acknowledging Cam Johnson, I mean, he's had some very big games as yes. a six man, uh, especially when their stars are out. So I love the fact that he's being acknowledged. What I maybe have liked to see a little more breakout from him, um, probably so. So, but I, I I appreciate the fact that he's being acknowledged because he has definitely put in some work coming off the bench. I also think that it's pretty nice that most of the candidates or like the finalists are kind of still in the playoffs. So yes, 
I feel like there's been times where you have like an MVP and they're just like, oh, their team did not even make the playoffs. So how are you really the MVP? Exactly. Granted, granted, there's some some asterisks for some of them that are should should win regardless of how their teams are played. I but guess. <laughs> you know, because that's like an individual award, right? Like it's not really based on the whole team. That's I true. feel like coach. I feel like coaching is based like mostly on the team how your team does, and like those are the other little awards. Regardless, though, I, I like it that they're all still in the playoffs and we can see more of them and see, like, okay, yeah, I see why you're a finalist in this category or the other. Mm-hmm. So I like that. But we shall just wait and see. It's going to be a good off season. Well, Uh-oh. playoff season. Already. Already. <laughs> oh, well, should we talk about a season that's actually about to start? Yeah. Because <laughs> the NBA is towards the end, but the WNBA is about to begin. Woo! Let's Which I'm so excited about. Sports. Yes. <laughs> so they just had their draft literally like a week ago. Mm-hmm. So how exciting was that? Because we got to see the potential for the new teams. And if y'all didn't know, I have a new job. So I, I'm working with the WNBA for their social and digital publishing, which is I'm so excited about. Yes. But then that just means, thank you, that I get to know a lot more about everything, all the WNBA teams and everything that's going on with them. So for the draft, it was their first in-person draft since 2019. So that was pretty exciting. It was in New York. And I feel like they have a lot of good potential, like, pool of athletes. I don't know how much you know about the athletes, Brana, but um, you know what you got not super specific um just because yeah uh obviously with leslie working for the w (laughs) leslie works for the w and i work for the nba so you have both of us in the same uh family of umbrella which keeps both of us very very busy um so as far as me catching up with women's college basketball i wasn't sadly able to do as much um but just reading and being a part of that family and you know, seeing how much the W has progressed and the fact that they up their cast. Um, they are the longest running women's league right now with 25 years under their belt. And they only want to get better and do more and have more coverage. Um, so for them to have an in-person draft back and in New York, they, you know, took over the streets. They literally spray painted yes. the town. Um, so so cool. they were, <laughs> yeah, they were really able. And I think that's besides just, we already know that women play basketball just as good as anybody else, mm-hmm. men, women, everything in between. It doesn't matter. Um, so I think what's really important is just having that up front and center for everybody to see, getting more TV time, doing more promos, you know, getting more um, partnerships and, and just getting their faces out there. Uh, but I do believe that between, you know, just focusing on West Coast, we look more at the Aces, the Sparks and the Mercury. Um, mm-hmm. The Aces had the most picks, one, two, three, four, five picks. Um, this year, the Sparks had about four and then the mercury had Mm -hmm. two uh obviously the mercury play they they just missed um a championship so they didn't they had like some lower level as uh picks in the draft but they were definitely able to pick some some really good people out but i think obviously with the aces having the most draft picks they have the most potential and they already have liz right liz cambridge (laughs) oh wait no that was the sparks no yeah they have asia Asia. yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I feel like they can only just get better. I feel honestly, I, it's a nice little group of women for like Las Vegas and then Phoenix and then uh, Sparks. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, they're pretty solid. I feel like they're all in a way kind of equal. So the Sparks did get Liz in free agency, which was pretty big for them after they lost Candace Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, the Aces are looking good. The Mercury. They still have Diana. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, what can you do? I feel like for them, for the WNBA, at least for this season, it's very, it's. I feel like it's going to be a very good season just because they have potential for new drafts picks. Like, they have new players. But then right. they also still have some of, like, the older players that you kind of grew up with watching if you're into the WNBA. And so it kind of brings in a little bit of the new and the old together. And it's just like, let's mix it up and see what happens. So I feel like that's going to be this season. And the fact that everything is like opening up again, you get to have like in-person games. The draft is in person. 
uh, all these moments like training camp just started and i think they're gonna have like their media days coming up in the next couple of weeks so mm-hmm. there's gonna be full of potential and i'm just like so excited and like the season sounds like fun you're gonna see like some of the veterans play for maybe what could be their last time i know the yeah. only player that has officially announced is um sylvia faust right so she's gonna retire after the season but you still have the potential to see super diana tarasi for what could be like their last seasons i don't know you know who knows yeah, who knows that's all up in the air but then you also get to see new like and um emerging players and like energy so i feel like yeah it's gonna be a great season for the w i'm so excited yeah Ooh. for sure and then the aces obviously they have becky hammond right now as their their head coach the highest true highest paid head coach in the w i can't um, wait to see what she comes up with Ooh. oh man i'm really excited and she actually did finish her season out i'm actually not sure how that works like if she could work for the spurs in the off season because she worked for the spurs the whole way through um i think this- she you can yeah, so even more yeah. amazing for her. She's getting it done in both leagues. Love that for her. But yeah, I, I mean, they're they did a good job as far as the draft. They had the number eight pick and the number eleven pick, number thirteen. Um, and then obviously out of these like second and third rounds, they had like one pick each. Uh, so they had Maya Hollingshed was their highest pick, a forward mm-hmm. out of Colorado. Um, and I think that provides a little more lenient, well, a little more help for Asia because obviously mm-hmm. that's their big girl and she always on the basket. She's always uh, posting up. She's always getting the rebound. So for them to have kind of a younger player come in, maybe Asia can provide some mentorship for her. Um, yep. The Sparks had the number nine pick with Ray Burrell, um, a mm-hmm. guard out of Tennessee. Obviously, Tennessee is an amazing program. So that's a winner. She has struggled with, I uh, read some knee injuries, but as long as she's healthy, she's a good wing option. Um, and she has size and offensive skills that she can contribute. Um, mm-hmm. So those are just some of the the big names that kind of stand out with the W. If y'all don't know, whoever's listening, pass it around. There's only 144 spots in the yes. entire league okay um so that means most of the players that they picked up during the draft they are probably not going to keep uh just because hello we're waiting for expansion (laughs) um so more teams would be more opportunity which means more women get to stay in the league and fulfill their dreams um for just a longer tendency. So looking forward to hopefully that. <laughs> I know, um, that's going to be so exciting. I'm looking forward, as a Sparks fan, obviously I'm an LA fan, so Sparks fan, I'm looking forward to see what they do with this season, especially that they got Liz in, in free agency, so I'm super excited. And I'm just not excited about Derek Fisher still being the coach. I'll I don't think honest. nobody's excited about that. <laughs> I'm not excited about that. I'm so excited for Becky, though. Yeah, I feel like she's going to... Becky's such a goat. Like, oh Mm. my gosh. She's like breaking so many glass ceilings. Oh my gosh. And she's so humble about it. She's just like, yeah, I'm just here. It's my job. Boom. Like, okay, girl. I feel like, yeah, but I feel like that's literally what it is, though. Like, because of the way, like, the world works, it's a much bigger deal than it should be. And it should just be like, everybody should just be the opportunity to be a coach, regardless of who you are Mm -hmm. or what you identify as. So it's just like, Exactly. I feel like she's gonna kill it regardless, so I'm just so excited and like I hope she out coaches everybody because no for real. That way teams like maybe in the LA area can see that there are other coaches out there. Exactly. And obviously the aces have been Yeah, and the aces have been vying, like they've been this close to a championship like every single season and just just doesn't work out but yeah. i feel like having- so that's why i even the mercury too like i feel like they already got most of their team back so they're yeah. either just gonna be better and this time they're really they're gonna want to with the win for sure it's that too and obviously just spreading awareness britney griner um if y'all haven't heard definitely mm-hmm. top headlines just make sure that you're talking about it on social media with your people because um you know, they say that they don't want to bring too much attention to Brittany Griner's situation. She is detained in Russia. She was arrested for having some type of marijuana substance on her, oil. 
Um, you know, obviously, I think it's something that was born out of proportion because one, she's a large black woman in Russia. <laughs> and, you know, that's enough said on that situation. But she hasn't come back yet to the US. Obviously, the US and the W are working um, with lawyers and politicians to get her back home. But that has not happened yet. And she's already been detained for, I think, two months or more. Um, obviously, that is going to be a lot on her mental, a lot on her body. Uh, she, I believe she was playing for a team over there and that's why she was there. Uh, but you know, we want her back home and we also want her back with the Mercury to play. Um, and for we sure. want to see her succeed. So that's definitely something to, to be aware of. Definitely for sure. And that's why I also appreciated that the uh, commissioner started off like the draft, just making like sure that they knew that they were like they, they understand what's happening and i feel like just because they can't say much doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they don't care or they're not taking things into consideration so i appreciate that she said that like to start the draft because like that really is the main focus yeah and hopefully we can have her back as soon as possible and have this all like situation squared out because it's tough mm -hmm. when it's just like that's a real human being that's yeah. a real person and it's crazy because i cannot put myself in that situation or like anybody that i know so I'm just all the positive thoughts and like all positive thoughts. Yeah. Hope she definitely sure. gets back back home soon. I think we did everything, right? Yeah. We covered all our topics, you guys. We are so good at this. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you just gotta toot your own horn. Like boom, we did that. And we nobody's are... gonna do it. We could do it ourselves. <laughs> We're almost at episode fifty. Like that's insane. That's a part of us. Yes, go us. We're doing good. We're doing Pat good. Pat on the back. Pat on the back. Little virtual high, high five. five. Well, go this way, this way. Hold on. This oh. way? Wait. This way, this way. Got it. There I we got go. it. Other way. Whoa. Wait, what way do you see? Ah, uh, no. It's, yeah, no. it's opposite on my camera. So this so way? So then maybe this Boom. way? Boom. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, that way. Oh, man. <laughs> This is I'll edit this part out. I'll edit this part out. No, this is, this is really us, though. This is really us. It really is. It really oh, well. is. <laughs> All right. Well, I could close it oh, out. Shit. Awesome. <laughs> Please do. Before oh, you get more foolish up on here. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Uh, so excited about what's to come. But for now, I am Bronna Marks and I'm here with Leslie. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for watching. Bye.